Well, God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Reset Forever Ministries Podcast. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson. And I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And we are coming to you this week with the Sunday School lesson from Union Gospel Press. The lesson is going to be, this is lesson number six for January 9th, 2022. And the lesson is going to be found in the book of St. John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. All right. And the topic of our lesson this week is abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. So, you know, as I always ask you, make sure you tag someone, contact someone, forward this to somebody so that they can get the word as well. Go ahead and grab your devices and your writing utensils and take some good notes as we go through the word of God in the book of St. John's Gospel, chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. All right, with that, I'm going to give it over into the hands of our instructor and person, Elder Daniel Simpson. All right, God bless you, Elder Simpson. Praise Lord, everybody. We thank God for this opportunity. He's an awesome God. He's a wonderful Savior. And we are just thankful and grateful. Every day. Even in these trying times, He is still worthy to receive honor, glory, and at all times. Especially from his children whom he has redeemed with his own blood. So we start off with a word of prayer, Dr. Simpson. Amen. Father, we love you yes. and we thank you so much. And Lord, your word is so rich and powerful. Yes. It is a life-giving source, Lord God. Glory. It is marrow to our bones. It is health to our navel, the scripture says. And we ask you, Lord, to open the windows of heaven and just pour. Pour into us, Lord, as we have need and as we have understanding. Yes, and give us retention and Lord, the anointing to turn and give this to someone else. So bless your instructors today. Bless the hearers. Let your will be done. Your name be praised. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Abide in the true vine. Mm-hmm. That is our lesson. And as Dr. Simpson stated, it is in St. John chapter 15, verse 1 through verse 8. Right. So we will read verse 1 of the lesson. I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking to his disciples on his way to the cross. Really, I think on his way to Gethsemane first. Before he would be betrayed by the betrayer, Judas. So I know he's out and he always wants to teach them and he gives them examples, um, real life examples to help them to relate to this relationship of the Father and the people of God. Yes. So he said, I am the true vine. My father is the husband man. And the vine in this lesson, what he's saying is, and we looked it up, Dr. Simpson, vine is the source of life that feed the branches that bear fruit. In this case, he's talking about grapes. Because grapes grow from a vine. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is what Jesus said. He given him more, like you said, more revelation on his way to Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I am the vine. I am going to be the source of eternal life. Because when I go to the cross and pay the ultimate sacrifice, then the Father will send what? The Holy Spirit in his name. Amen. 
And he said, my father is the husband man. Now, we know the husband man is a vine dresser. Yeah, like, that's, a more, that's another term. Kind of like the farmer or the God person. Man. Yeah, the vine keeper. Mm-hmm. So, my father, my heavenly father, he is the husband man. Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And that word taketh away, we looked that up, we looked that phrase up, Dr. Simpson, and St. John, I'm sorry, St. Matthew's chapter 5, verse 13, this is what Jesus said in, in that gospel. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be uprooted. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So um, that's like starting something and God is not in it. Or trying to build something and you're not using the foundation of God. If he's not in it, he's going to take it away so it won't succeed. Yes. All right. So it said, every branch that my, every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. That word purge means to cleanse it by pruning useless shoots or dead branches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a wonder. Well, if they're unproductive and see, the reason why they're dead is because there's no sap running through them. Yes, they're not hooked up to the vine. Yeah, and so that life-giving source is not in them. And, you know, I know that there have been times when Jesus will say, well, let me dig, when they would say, well, let us dig and prune and work on the roots and see if we can make the plant healthy. So we know that he gives opportunity. Yes. But these did not have that life-giving source that allowed it to produce within it. Because it wasn't connected. Well, well, he says, if it's on there and it's not producing, then I'm going to disconnect it. Yes. So, if we're not productive, you know, it's just like the salt that's lost its savor. It's not good for nothing. It's still salt. just doesn't have the ability to preserve. So, for that reason, he said, I'm going to, you know, it's not good for anything but to be cast down. So, here's, here's another uh, example of uselessness. Uh, even though you are connected to the vine, the, the vine, you're unproductive, so you're useless. Yes, and I like what um, the Psalms chapter eighty. Mm-hmm. It gives an example, mm-hmm. and I, I thought it would be good to kind of read that, and bring that into the lesson. Okay. So Psalms chapter eighty, verse eight through sixteen. Eighty, and give us a chance. And eight through sixteen. Go ahead. Yes. And he says, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Talking about their history a little bit. Thou hast cast out the heathens and planted it. Mm-hmm. So the people that was in Canaan land, you know the story. Mm-hmm. He brought it out of Egypt and he was planting it there yes. in Canaan land. Okay. Verse 9. Thou prepareth room before it mm-hmm. and didst cast it to take deep roots. And it filled the land. Well, he prepared a place for it, so you can't plant something just anywhere. It has to be in the right soil. It has to have the right conditions. So he had prepared just the right conditions for it to flourish. Yes. Okay. The hills were covered with the shadows of it, and the broth thereof. The boughs thereof yes. um, unto the sea. Were like goodly cedars. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. 
She sent out her bowels unto the sea, yes. and her branches unto the river. Okay, so God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. He brought them to the promised land, and mm-hmm. he prospered them. Yeah, and you remember how that, that, that plant that I had here, the Dyfenbachia, and it was just a little plant that I could bring home in the car from the, the nursery. I put it in the right place where it could get sun, and I watered it. And the thing grew tall, so tall, until it went all the way up to the ceiling, was bending over. Because it had the right conditions. And um, that was the same thing. He put, it's saying here that her boughs reached out to the sea. Her, her branches reached out to the sea. So she was growing and thriving. Yes. Okay. Then verse 12 mm-hmm. of Psalms, chapter 80. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges so that... All they which pass by the way do pluck her. <laughs> and the boars out of the woods thus waste it, and the wild beasts of the field thus devour it. Okay. Return, we beseech thee, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. <laughs> so come and see about it, Lord. It's being picked over, mm-hmm. it's being trodden down, it's in a, a place where her hedges are you know, passed by. It's, 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 come and see about it. It's uncared for, and there's some things going wrong, okay? Yes, and we know this is when the children get caught up in idolatry. So, verse 15, And the vineyard which thou right hand hast planted, and the branches that thou made strong for thyself, it is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of thy continent. So we read that to see how... You can be flourishing in one minute. Yeah, the history of Israel Mm -hmm. and Judah Mm -hmm. and how God had planted them and they was flourishing and he made them a kingdom and they reached out to other parts of the world Mm -hmm. but then when they got caught up into idolatry, he took the hedge of protection away from them. Mm -hmm. And the wild animals came and And ravaged it. it. Mm So we see how God plants, then he breaks down mm-hmm. when we get disconnected, mm-hmm. unfaithful, and refuse to bear good fruit. Right. Which also, the, um, the, the, the parable is talking about the, about the fig tree. Yes. I don't know. Was that a parable? I think that really happened. Yes. The fig tree. So that wasn't a parable, but he talks about it being uh, just cumbering the ground. Just, you know, really, you're just taking up space here. And producing nothing. You're producing nothing. And all the controversy goes out about, well, it wasn't even a season for it. But um, when you study it, the fig tree does yield uh, evidence that there is going to be a harvest. There is going to be a harvest yes. of figs, and so that evidence wasn't there. It wasn't time for the figs, but it was time for the evidence that it was coming. Kind of like the scenario of the the cherry tree. Mm-hmm. So everybody, a lot of people, love to go to D.C., Washington D.C., during the spring, so they can see cherry festival. The cherry blossoms on those trees is just beautiful. But if there are no blossoms, then there's going to be a problem when it's time for it to produce cherries. Same thing here. And what did he do? He cursed it. So he means this. This is is why we want to bring in Psalms chapter 80. Old Testament and New Testament. If you're not productive, 
This is and if you're not doing things, you know, because they were flourishing, it wasn't like he didn't give them the, the you know, the proper placement and the proper um, supplies and substance. He gave them all that. They were flourishing, spreading out like, you know, big bay tree or whatever. Then when they started losing it, yeah, he took away the hedge and it was gone. So God, he really means this. Yes. When he says abide in the vine, that's uh, a heads up. Yeah. Stay connected. Christ. Stay connected. Yes. And, and right, and not just present, because you can be present and not be connected. As just as those those vines were. They were present. They were connected, but they didn't have that life source flowing through them. There the flow wasn't there. They weren't flowing. So it died and he had to prune them off. Alright, let's go ahead. So verse 3 of the lesson, mm-hmm. Sunday school lesson said, Now ye are clean through the word which I spoke unto you. Mm-hmm. So let's go to St. John chapter 17, verse 16 and 19. 17, 16, and 19. Okay. And this is Jesus' prayer for the church, for his disciples, on his way to Gethsemane. Yeah, now he's on his way to Gethsemane. Yes. They are not of the world. Mm-hmm. This is prayer to his heavenly father. Even as I am not of the world, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also send them into the world. Mm -hmm. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Mm -hmm. So Jesus sanctified, and we're going to be sanctified when he shed his blood. Cleansed us with this well, when he blood. set us aside mm-hmm. and called us out, yeah. you know, it was for the purpose of being sanctified, a yielded vessel, but just the like the vessels. Use, yes. Yeah, just like the vessels in the temple. Mm-hmm. Those were for the master's use and the master's use only. And that's what sanctified is. It's like you say, you called out for a specific purpose for the master. Specific purpose to be used, you know. And, and Jesus, in this prayer, he was using himself as an example, said, I'm sanctified, I was called out. Sanctify me by thy truth, thy word is truth. But he says, keep them, you know, while even though they're in the world. Protect and preserve them. Like that hedge being around that, um, that little tree that whose boughs spread all the way out to the sea. Protect them and let them flourish and prosper. All right? And I like verse uh, four of the lesson because you get that word in there, Valerie, abide, mm-hmm. abide. So verse four of the lesson says, abide in me and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, can ye except ye abide in me. And that word abide means to remain or to dwell continuously. Mm-hmm. And if we do this, this is the fruit that we, that the Father is expected for us to bear. I wrote three of them down. Um, did I? Oops. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's Wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up <laughs> in Him comes to mind. I mean, you're in Him. He's in you. You're one. Um, he flows uh, in you. You don't. You live, move, and have your being in Him. It's a complete um, connection and interaction and the vine functioning because of the life source of 
the vine. Yes. And then the vine dresser making sure that it has what it needs. Now, I'm sure he didn't only come around just to prune it. I'm sure he came around to fertilize it. I'm sure he came around. He, he tended to it. Oh, yeah. He tended to it. So it's the same thing with us. So I went to Colossians mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 23 to 20, 21 to 23, and I wrote it down so I can read it right quick. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked work. Now, wait a minute. Is that the um, is that the New Living Translation? No, it's King James. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking about aliens from the covenants of promise and strangers from the covenants of promise and alienated from the... Okay. This is the gospel message. He says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, mm-hmm. yet... Now has he reconciled mm-hmm. in the body of his flesh through death, talking about Christ, to present you holy and unblameable, unreproved in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not no more moved away from the hope of the gospel. Which ye have heard. Okay, and you need ye... to stop and explain some of it because if you read on and on. I mean, explain the first part because there was a lot in there. Go back to that first well, part. That's the gospel message. I mean, just go back to the first part and let's discuss that a little bit. Okay, this is Colossians chapter 1. Okay, which I love Colossians because Colossians is that message about the blood and the cross and yeah, okay. What chapter, what verse? 21 to 23. All right. Colossians 1, 21-23. Okay, so the first part that you were reading, go ahead. You can go ahead and read. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Wow. So, an alien is a person. You know, we can take it to that whole galactic uh, image. You, you don't even belong. You don't even have heart. You have nothing to do with this. So he said, you have become, you don't belong and you have no part and your enemies in your mind by your wicked works. How You know, we can't overlook that because there's a lot of wicked works. So he said that you are alienated, you have no part, yet now hath he reconciled. So remember we were saying earlier that he gives a chance. He does give opportunities. So even in that state, he reconciled. Yeah, he, 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 like scripture said, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the Reconciling, world. yes. Back yes. to himself. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then verse 22. Two. In, in the body of his flesh. Tell you how you've been reconciled. Mm-hmm. In the body of his flesh right. through death. That's exactly To right. present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. So that again reinforces the scripture said, that says, We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of yourself. It is... We are saved, he says here in verse number 22, um, who he reconciled us in the body, in his body through death. Again, being in him. 
and he had to be separated and he had to suffer so that we could be connected. And he had to shed that blood to purchase us. There was a cost. There was a cost. Okay. 23. Mm -hmm. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. I think that that says a lot because you can have hope in a whole lot of things. Especially now, people got people have hope in what surviving this whole pandemic. They have hope in obtaining better livelihoods. They have uh, hope in you know being successful and wealthy. Um, they have hope in many things, but he is telling us here that all of those things happen, you can be blessed if you're grounded and settled and be not moved from your hope in the gospel. The enemy will do anything away from drawing your hope away from the gospel. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. But when you remove your hope from that, Yes. And you start, what is, I think Paul says, trust not in uncertain riches. I mean, no, but we don't have, he doesn't want us to live impoverished. Right. And, you know, and, and grovel and have to wonder where the next meal is coming from and, you know, living in deplorable conditions. So that's not it. But he's certainly telling us to have our hope in this gospel. That ought to be the number one concern. Yes. And it ought to govern everything. Yeah. So verse number 23, go ahead. Which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Mm-hmm. The gospel that he's preaching, not some other gospel, not some other teaching, not some other idea or philosophy. So abide in this gospel. This is it. This is it. This is it. Because a lot of other things are coming up on the earth right now. A lot of other teachings and philosophies and a whole lot of other um, focus is being placed on culture, on um, you know, there's a lot of division in our country right now because of cultures and race. So He's trying to get us grounded and back to the place. Paul takes us right back to the gospel that is to be preached to every creature. And he said, this is the gospel that I'm a minister of. Not another gospel. Not another. All right. So verse 5 says. Mm-hmm. In the lesson, we're back in the lesson. Yes, verse said, number 5. He says, I am the vine. This okay. is what Christ is saying. Mm-hmm. I'm now, the light source. Now, I am the vine. Yes. Okay. You are the branches. You're the branches. Let's get some identity here. Okay, I'm the vine. You're connected to me. You're going to draw from me. Yes. Okay. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now, if those conditions are existing, lots of fruit. You don't have to worry and try to figure out how are we going to get this church filled up? How are we going to get people to, you know, help us to be successful in this area? Let's do this. Here's, here's the, here is the, the prescription. Mm-hmm. Be, abide in me. You're the, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Abide in me. And 
I in you. And I in you. And you will bring forth not just a trickle, much fruit. And fruit is figuratively. Figuratively. Yes. It's what your life produced in Christ. And that's in Christ. So it's not necessarily to one identity. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom. So I wrote down three things, but three types of fruit. Okay. And if you have some, Dr. Simpson, because I know you looked at it. One fruit is praise. Praise Mm -hmm. which are present. Fruit of my lips. Yes, which are presented to God as a thanks offering. Mm -hmm. That's one fruit. Another fruit is um, a harvest reaped unto eternal life. And the third fruit, which as we know, is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26, is the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that fruit, you know, yes. is, is definitely um, what we do know a lot about, we talk a lot about. But, you know, I, I see that. But I also see the works of the flesh. He's telling us to bring forth fruit. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. Yes. And so if you're not bringing forth fruit, you're in jeopardy and you're in danger. Being pruned. It, uh, by being the Father. pruned out. Now, this is, this is, it doesn't get any plainer and it's kindly spoken. I mean, Paul could have been harsh. But he's speaking it very kindly and clearly and plainly to this church there in Colossae. So verse 6 of the Sunday School lesson. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they be burned. This is the way it works. This is the way it works. You think he was explaining it to them the way that it works naturally. And this is the way it's going to work in the kingdom. So he's teaching them to receive, to accept, to understand, and to make the necessary decisions and adjustments. So a lot of the fruits of the Spirit, which is things that uh, it's really challenging to people because of the trials of life. Okay. So, one of the fruits of the Spirit we know is love, then joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Okay. So, there's no law that was not, that, that said it's wrong to love. But, but these are the laws of the Spirit. or Fruit of the Spirit. But, from the fruit of the Spirit, you know, I know it can be, you know, and I hear people say this, and I wonder about that person when they say it's hard to love some people. I know some things happen that hurt. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said that the love of God was shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which was given unto us. And so you can hate what the person did, but you should never hate the person. It's the same way with him. He's angry you know, with the things that we did, but he loved us. He so loved us that he gave his life. And also, we should never curse each other and wish anything never, bad on any, never. on anybody under any circumstances. But and that's and that's the thing. And that was the good thing that. And I think that this is a good lesson for the church today because he is letting them know 
accept these are the conditions, accept this is the behavior, then this is what the outcome is going to be. He's giving them sound direction. Very good. Okay. So verse 7 of the Sunday School lesson. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So there's that word abide in me. Mm-hmm. So we Keep know that. saying it over yes, and over. Dwell in me. Yeah. Reside in me. Mm-hmm. So I went to St. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, just a few verses there. Okay. This is the prayer that Jesus was praying for his chapter. disciples. Chapter 16. Uh, All right, John. so you forget. Those that are following St. John chapter 16. Those that are taking notes. And what verse? I'm sorry, it's chapter 14. 14, okay, what verse? 16. Chapter 14 of St. John, verse 16. Okay. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, mm-hmm. that he may abide with you forever. Mm-hmm. Now we know that comforter we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither know him. Mm-hmm. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Mm-hmm. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that's that flow that is that Mm. life-giving source that's coming from him. Yes. Keeping us from dying and keeping us from being dead branches. And bearing much fruit. Um, And it keeps us bearing fruit as long as that is allowed to operate in us. And I love, I really love the fruit of praise and worship mm-hmm. and to extol our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. As well as living a holy, consecrated life, which is, we are, which is what we are called to do in Him. Mm-hmm. That's what that word sanctified, what you brought out earlier. And it's not a personal thing always, you know. Um, so you can have that praise time, but you also uh, have a corporate praise. And it shouldn't be, you know, like Simon says, okay, now lift your hands. Okay, now turn around. Okay, now sit down. Okay, now come. Right. <laughs> you know, it should be just the atmosphere is so charged with his presence yes. that your hands lift like they have helium in them. <laughs> yes. Like the helium balloons. That it should be so um, rich. The presence of God should be so rich with the glory of God until your heart is so overflowed, until you're not even mindful of other people around you, much less, you know, whether you feel like standing or feel like sitting down. However, it's, because you got to understand it and the revelation, He is my Heavenly Father. Um, and, and He knows. He knows my name. I'm His he child. Knows. And what if I'm going through down here as I so journey through this earth? Mm-hmm. This is not my home. I'm just going through here to get to him. It has to be done by the Spirit of God. If people can't really um, enjoy a good relationship with God by just doing something because they were told to do it, but there needs to be a connection and a flow. That branch should not be dead. It should have that sap in it so that that way it's not something that has to be 
orchestrated. Yes. It, you know, it, it. there were times, and we can look back, and I don't mind because they were good. There were times when you could literally, with your eyes, visually see the Shekinah presence of God in yes. the temple because he wanted to manifest his presence, not only by what we felt, not only by what we were um, giving to him, but he was giving back and he was abiding with us and we were abiding in him, but it was in a more tangible way. Oh, those days. I miss it. Those days. And I'll tell you what, you can have those on your personal worship time and your personal prayer time. So he's not going anywhere. Whoever, yeah. you know, calls on him shall not be made ashamed. Yes. Verse number eight. No, we're still in verse seven. Seven, okay. It says, ye shall ask what ye will. Mm -hmm. And I had to look that up, Valerie, because as we dwell with the Father and he dwell with us, now Jesus saying, because we have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, mm -hmm. we can ask, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. So I went to St. John chapter 16 this time for real, for real. This time, we're going to yes. really go to 16. Okay, well it's only one page over. Yes. Okay, so and, 16. And verse 26. Okay. And I found this very interesting. It said, At that day ye shall ask in my name and I shall not and, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. <laughs> for the Father himself shall love you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. So Jesus is saying, when you abide in me, you can go right to the Father. <laughs> well, in his name. In his name, of course. <laughs> you don't have to go to me to go to the Father. You go right to the Father in my name. And see, that was a necessary thing to teach them because their previous uh, history for centuries, they had, you know, been... Go to the priest. They'd have to go to God through the priest. But now, guess what? Um, you're going to be able to go to the Father directly. But you got to go in my name yes. because I'm the one that... Uh, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith, you know, and I'm the one that this New Testament came through. It's my death. Yeah, so it's the New it, yes. Testament in my blood. So, go to the Father directly. Yes. But go in my name. In my name. Yes. Pray in my name. Whatever you ask in my name, he shall do it. Mm -hmm. So, I just, I just had to put that in there because I wanted to encourage people. Mm -hmm. Especially during these times we're going through. Mm -hmm. Stay connected to the Father. Stay in the Holy Spirit. Cultivate that relationship with God and go through him in Jesus' name and do mighty exploits. Now, so they will complain then. Why is it we've been praying for this pandemic to end? Why is it still just flaring up over and over and over again? So I would say, let's look at some Old Testament examples. I would say that, you know, in a time of trouble, often was when they would cry unto him. If you go to Psalms 103, mm -hmm. you found out that they would call upon the Lord and he would answer them. Yes. And then he'd bring them out. And then when they get comfortable being out, they go back to their ways. Yes, it's like another generation would raise up and... And even the same generation would go back to their ways and then here he comes... 
now we're in trouble again because we disobeyed and we're on we've been disorderly idolatry idolatry disobedience complaining murmuring hatred unkindness abuse he's got all kinds of laws we can go back into the book of deuteronomy and find out he gave laws on how to even treat your slaves but they would get they would get in trouble again because of their ways and then the bible says then they would cry and he would come and answer and deliver them again but they had to remove their idolatry out of the way so so that that whatever it was, whether it was idolatry, right? Whether it was idolatry, disobedience, abuse, um, hatred, uh, carnality, um, murder—they did all kinds of things. There's nothing new under the sun, right? But um, then, when he called on them, he delivered them. The problem, the problem, is that it took suffering. For them to do it. I mean, the Bible says that even Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Yes. It says he that suffers in the flesh has ceased from sin, right? Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things. Sometimes we need to suffer. I mean, didn't you see after 9-11 that people humble everybody? I mean, there was not a culture that wasn't hugging another culture. You could see it all over the country. Everybody put up an American flag. We're all one. And then as soon as, <laughs> as soon as the spectacle of it, you know, began to die down and we're, we're back at our, we're back at our hatred. We're, we're scratching each other's eyes out again. We got, we got all kinds of, 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 you know, debauchery going on again. And the same thing, you know, that has happened with the pandemic. As soon as they got this vaccine and people were allowed to... Maybe you can go a little bit here and do a little bit there. And the same thing. It's like, the, where's your humility? You were just a kind, docile person, you know, last year. Now you're mean all over again. <laughs> so I think that sometimes that we pray and God's going to answer. He's faithful. Yeah. But it's the timing. Maybe there is a purpose in this pain. Maybe there is a, you know... Maybe there's a remedy in our suffering. So it's supposed to suffering is supposed to bring humility through of course repentance. Absolutely. That's what it's supposed to bring. To humble ourselves and then we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. We examine ourselves. Mm-hmm. We repent mm-hmm. of things. We got a lot of carnality in the church right now and we need to well, it's true. It need to be addressed. I mean, you can't just sit around and say, "Oh, Lord, don't say nothing, don't say nothing." Well, you have to because you got to give accountability. I'm not. I'm. You said, "Cry aloud and spare not." Show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yes. So you know, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Okay. If that is your conviction, then you keep silent. But God wants to save people. Well, Jesus, we just read, he said, sanctify. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm sanctified to do the work. Yeah. Going on the way to the cross. Mm-hmm. He said, now sanctify them also. By thy truth. By thy truth. truth. So that means you have thy to tell me truth. the truth. Yes. Don't tell me what you what you think I want to hear. So they can be sanctified. Yeah, don't sanctified. tell me what's going to, you know, 
scratch my itching ears. Then he give you the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And then give you the Holy Ghost to you. You are really without excuse, as the scripture says. So I want to be saved. Yes. So verse 8 of the lesson. Verse 8 says. Herein is my Father glorified. Mm -hmm. Yes. That ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. And this so word, let's get back to the business at hand. Yes. Bearing fruit. Yes. Glorify means this, Dr. Mm -hmm. Simpson. Mm -hmm. It means to render magnify honor to praise and extol mm -hmm. it's what the heavenly father is supposed to get out of you bearing fruit mm -hmm. and Jesus said it like this in Matthew's chapter 5 verse 6 let your light so shine it's before men way. that they may see your good works I mean not just shine <laughs> not just have a light I mean so ooh, let it so shine I mean be a brilliant a in a beacon. dark Yes, and because the world is in gross darkness, let your light so shine that they that oh. the world will know this is definitely until they the God know of the universe until they know that there people. is a God and they know that He is in the midst. Yes, and let they come so and they come to that church not to glorify the pastor or the choir or to glorify any other human personality. But they come there to give God give God the, the glory. glory. The honor, the praise, and don't and, and don't come in there and, and don't come in there beating your drum about who you are and no. your own personal self. You know, you don't even have to be a pastor to be lifting yourself up. Yes. You know, stop it because all flesh is Crap. all of it, all of it, and the glory of the flesh is as the flower of the field. And what's going to happen? The grass is going to wither, wither away, yeah. and the flower is going to fade away. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff that you puffing your chest out for and popping your collar and boasting about, it's all going to corrupt. That car is going to be rusted out, and if it doesn't rust out, it's going to fall apart. There's only so much performing it can do. But there's going to come a time when all you have left is your soul. And you know what I say when a person is, because I'm a hospice chaplain, all that matters right now is your soul. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all that mattered when you were well. So I want to be saved. So that's the lesson, Dr. Simpson. Amen. Amen. I think we kind of, kind of enjoyed that. Well, I pray that everybody received something and I pray that your hearts are on fire. I encourage you, let your light so shine. Oh my God, let it shine in such a way that it is like a blinding. You know, you know, Elder Simpson, I just thought about in the time of uh, the eclipse, the solar eclipse, you can't look directly at the sun because they say the light is so brilliant it will blind you. Let your light be so brilliant until it blocks out everything except for that which is of God. And people know that there is a God. All right, well, we're not going to be labored any longer. So we thank God for the lesson. And we thank God for each of you who join us again next week for another episode of the Reset Forever Ministries podcast. Um, and we'll... Be praying for you and you pray for us. All right, Elder, you're going to pray us out. Yes. Not unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Yes. To the only wise God, our Savior. Our Savior. Be glory. Be glory. Majesty. Majesty. Dominion and power. Both now. Now. And ever. And always. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank God. All right. God bless you, everybody.